Welcome to the 40th episode of our podcast series for advisors considering the independent space. Today's episode is 4X Growth in Three Years, a regional breakaway success story with Chip Munn, Managing Partner at Signature Wealth Strategies. This is Mindy Diamond on Independence. This podcast is available on our website, diamond-consultants.com and on wealthmanagement.com, as well as iTunes and other resources. When we say the word breakaway, it's typically associated with advisors who have left the biggest firms for independence, and most focus first on amplifying organic growth alone. My guest in this episode took a bit of a different turn, reminding us that breakaways do not always come from the wirehouses and can be focused more on the bigger picture. In 2016, Chip Munn left Hilliard Lyons, a regional broker-dealer, in search of greater freedom and flexibility to grow his business as he desired. As he told me back then and reminded me today, he doesn't take no for an answer really well. And as an employee of Hilliard Lyons, he was hearing no more than he liked. So he and his partners joined Raymond James Financial Services' independent broker-dealer model, often referred to as RJFS, in 2016. Since then, his firm's signature wealth strategies has grown from $300 million in assets under management to more than a billion too. How did he achieve this extraordinary growth in such a short period of time? And how has this surge in assets impacted the firm and its clients, as well as Chip and his partners? It's a fabulous story I'm thrilled to have him share. I know Chip personally, and I'm honored to say that we helped facilitate his move from Hilliard, so it's especially gratifying to see him thrive. On that note, let's dive in. It's so good to have you on the show. Well, thank you for having me. It's uh, it's good to be here. Terrific. Tell me a little bit about yourself, if you would, and your background prior to launching Signature Wealth. Sure. I came over to Raymond James Financial Services. We started Signature Wealth in February of 2016. And prior to that, uh, had been at a couple of regional broker dealers most recently and for the longest period of time at Hilliard Lions. So we moved over from Hilliard to start Signature just over three years ago. Uh, prior to that, I spent a year as an elementary school teacher. So my background is originally in education and then talked my way into the investment business in the late 90s. And that's kind of how we got here. You know, that's a wow of a trajectory. And when our audience hears a little bit about the spectacular growth you've had, it makes it even more noteworthy. You are the second advisor I've spoken to in the last three months that started out as a school teacher and has built an extraordinary business. So for our listening audience, maybe there's something there. So tell us a bit about Signature Wealth Strategies. What is the current size of the firm and staff makeup? What is it? What's its value proposition? Sure. Well, the current size, uh, we have nine offices in three states. We have 15 advisors and about 30 team members. Our average client is somewhere in the you know, six or $700,000 range on average, kind of go from one end of the spectrum to another. Most of them are either business owners, corporate execs, physicians, or, or someone who's retired 
kind of from those fields. And we've uh, kind of grown over the last three years since partnering with Raymond James Financial Services a good bit, but have tried to really focus on building an advisor and client-centric culture that is making an effort to continue to enhance the way that, that our advisors and our team members get to spend their day at work. Yeah. So we'll come back to the just the amount of growth and the kind of growth you've had. But it certainly begs the question, you talk about nine offices in three states. And I imagine, not I imagine, I don't have to imagine, because having had the privilege to have worked with you and helped you to move from Hilliard to Raymond James, I know firsthand that you didn't have, your business was not made up of nine offices in three states. So can you talk with us a little bit about when that happened and how that happened? Sure. When we looked at making a move, we had a handful of things in mind, as you'll remember from walking us through your process. Uh, you know, we wanted to be able to uh, expand into other markets and to be able to advance kind of a, a a hypothesis, if you will, that we had, that there were a group of legacy advisors who may be at a point in their career where they wanted to retire or transition in some way. And there were a group of young folks that maybe they didn't even know, like me when I was a school teacher, didn't know they wanted to be an advisor, but who could build a great career. And we felt like there was a, a space in between kind of the maybe the 50 or 60 somethings and the 20 somethings that really we could function as a bridge between the two. And so originally when we met, we had one office. We're headquartered in Florence, South Carolina, and made the move from Hilliard to Raymond James in 2016 with the idea of being able to kind of move forward and be able to do some things that we, we weren't really able to do or we didn't feel like we could do in the regional broker-dealer environment. That's an interesting commentary and one that begs the question, because a lot of the breakaways that we've interviewed here have come from the wirehouses. And one of the things, one of the statements, obviously, that the regional firms would make is that their culture is less bureaucratic, things are more flexible, advisors are able to be more entrepreneurial in a smaller and more nimble regional firm environment than they might at the wirehouses. Yet you're saying there are still things under the regional firm banner that you were unable to do. So can you tell us what some of those things were? Sure. Again, I haven't worked in a wirehouse, so I'm not able to comment on the difference between that and, and a regional. My experience has always been in that regional space. And, you know, the fact of the matter is, in a lot of cases, it always felt like there was a a management to the least common denominator and even being almost bound to a particular geographic area. One of the things that we didn't feel like we had an opportunity to do in our previous life was inorganic growth, you know, buying a another practice or another office. We, we were a, what I'd call a self-contained unit. So we were one team in one office. And so there weren't other advisors that you could do a, some sort of transition deal with. And we are in a relatively, I'd say uh, kind of a mid-size, mid to small size market. And so in order to grow and to grow a lot, we knew that we were going to have to be able to get outside of our local area. So we weren't able to do that back then. I'm not sure what they can do now, but at the time, we also didn't feel like we could sufficiently 
market. We didn't have the ability to do branding of ourselves. We were very limited in, in how we could handle that and still had to fit under the kind of the corporate brand. And we felt it difficult to build an identity, especially one that was scalable, kind of inside that inside that structure. We just got to a point where what we wanted to do and the structure that we were in just didn't fit anymore. So again, I'm sort of teasing this out and making people wait with bated breath to hear about the extraordinary growth. But you mentioned the inability to add inorganic growth to grow by acquisition or recruiting. So before I ask you questions about sort of how you did it, um, I'd love to know why you did it. Where, where did the interest or the entrepreneurial spirit come from to want to build an empire or an enterprise more than just your self-contained practice? I think more than anything, especially as we were entering into the independent space, it was less about building an, an empire or an enterprise and more about building a community. You know, when we entered into the, I was a, so, I, and I'll guess I'll kind of answer the question two ways. I was a younger advisor who had an opportunity at 22 years old to move from being a elementary school teacher to uh, having an opportunity to be in this business. And it's one of the greatest things that ever happened to me. And I always felt like, even within our original practice, I always felt like it was important to me to be able to give that kind of opportunity to other people. My wife and I have four boys and I wanted to be able to build something that eventually, if they wanted to, that they could be a part of. And so, you know, for me, I think, Mindy, you're kind of either an entrepreneur or you're not. I think they're more born than made. So I don't know that it was something that for me, I had a choice in. It was just kind of one of those things that, uh, you know, the idea of independence, freedom and Flexibility was just a, a huge deal for me personally. Once we got to Raymond James and kind of landed in uh, RJFS, it was a culture shock for me. Not only was it a lot of work to make that transition, because there's a big difference between signing the front of a paycheck and signing the back of a paycheck. So there was some acclimation that kind of came along with that. But in addition to that, my first conference that I went to at Raymond James. I had come from a, you know, a regional broker dealer that might have had 400 advisors to walking into my first RJFS conference where there were 3,000. And you went from knowing a ton of people and uh, having had an opportunity to cultivate relationships to walking into this big room where you really didn't feel like you knew anybody other than the person who had recruited you. And so for me, then it became about building a community. I just believe that we're better together. And so trying to find other folks who are like us to build something out together just became really attractive, particularly as you're looking to grow. Because sometimes when you do things the way that we have, you need additional resources and uh, it's easier to share those resources with other people sometimes than it is to try to scale out and build them on your own. Got it. So how did you ultimately decide upon Raymond James? You had this desire to build a community. You had these things you wanted to solve for. But we know as the ecosystem that has been born to support breakaways has grown, there are many choices. So why Raymond James Financial Services? Well, there were probably less choices then than there are 
today, but our selection of Raymond James really came, Mindy, and I, I don't mean to make this a Diamond Consultants commercial, but it really came as a result of walking through your process with you and your team in really trying to determine what it was that was important to us, what we were trying to solve for, and then really kind of evaluating some of the different firms based on our specific criteria and, you know, things like the ability to market, the ability to have inorganic growth. One of the things that we were just thirsty for, honestly, was technology and a, a solid technology platform and one that we felt like would, uh, there was a commitment to investing in that would allow for continuing improvement in that. And so, you know, we went through the process with your team and spent a lot of time talking to different folks. Some folks, we still have a component of our business that is commission-based, and so some things weren't a good fit for us at the time because of kind of our business mix, and we just kind of weighed through the different options looking at how each of the different potential partners would work with us in, in our needs. And again, kind of our focus was the ability to have inorganic growth kind of the positioning, branding, marketing, and technology. And so has Raymond James delivered in every aspect? Absolutely. It's been better than expected. We had high expectations, but the, it's been a great partnership. We've been real pleased with not only the commitment to things like technology, but also the culture it is a lot, you know, like what we were accustomed to at our regional firm. Honestly, I just think it's a different place. When we went down there and visited, we kind of knew that, that they were our people. Got it. Okay. So now what we've been waiting to share with everyone, when you left Hilliard Lions three years ago, you and your team had assets under management at around 300 million. Tell us how that's changed in that period of time. So we had uh, four advisors and about 300 million in AUM today, uh, and all in one office. Today, we have nine offices, about 15 advisors affiliated, and about $1.2 billion. So we have uh, been able over the last couple of years, again, via predominantly inorganic growth and affiliation, we've been able to double each of the last two years. That is extraordinary. You've also gone from, you tell me, two and a half million or so in revenue when you left Hilliard to about 10 million in revenue, at least last I asked you, in three years. Pretty close, yeah. Couldn't have been easy. So let's unpack that a little further. First and foremost, I know that inorganic growth was one of your top goals. Tell us more about the process, the acquisitions and timeline for each, the things you've done. Well, when we originally came to Raymond James, we have a partner who was in a, a different town in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and we were interested in expanding there. But fairly shortly after uh, landing and getting signature kind of off the ground, we found out that a former wholesaler and friend of ours had purchased a practice in Charlotte, North Carolina, and was considering Raymond James. And so... I reached out to him and lobbied he and his partner uh, pretty good to, to come on board with us. And they were actually in talks with someone else who was at Raymond James. And he had management experience within Raymond James Financial Services. And they're 
kind of pitch to me was, we like what you're doing, and we like the fact that this guy has experience and relationships at Raymond James. Maybe we could all do it together. And so we all met, kind of talked through things. We explained kind of our business model and, and how we felt like it could work. So both the practice in Charlotte and Mooresville uh, came on board via a transition from another BD. And then we initially, out of the gate, bought a practice in Greenville, South Carolina. So kind of right off the bat, within the first year or so, we made some good connections with someone who wanted to maybe make a move that we knew, and then also got connected with another person who wanted to get out of management and back into kind of more of a boots on the ground, working with clients and, and more local advisors and bought a practice together. So relatively, within the first year, we were able to put together a pretty good core group. And then we've just kind of expanded from there via connections that we had. So we've had one of uh, one team so far from our previous broker dealer join us uh, and they are in Lexington, Kentucky. And then we've purchased a couple of additional practices, purchased two and then affiliated two that were part of Raymond James that we had connections with. Yeah, it's extraordinary. Was any of the growth that Forex growth in asset growth from organic growth? Pretty quickly, our focus from the original practice became kind of diverted from trying to grow our individual practice to trying to grow something bigger than that. And so we certainly have had our share of organic growth, but we really kind of turned our focus on growing the community. And so now that we've been able to have some success in that and have multiple kind of locations that we own, organic growth is a priority for 2019. It's one of the things that we've kind of turned our focus to now that we've gotten some size, being able to create systems that enhance organic growth. Now we just have more reach to be able to do that. So that's been a focus for this year so far. Yeah. And how helpful was Raymond James in this extraordinary growth process, facilitating the inorganic growth? They've been great. As good a partner as, as we could have asked for, whether it was uh, helping with things like valuations and really walking us through some of the process, as well as you know having some access to capital from a recruiting standpoint. They've been just above and beyond what we would have originally thought in terms of, of really just acting as a partner. They really have been good about working with us and helping us grow in pretty much any way we could have asked for. Yeah. I think you bring up an important point. It sounds like Raymond James has been a spectacular partner. And you bring up the importance of having a partner, that it's hard sometimes to go from being a great financial advisor to being a great business owner. And it's important sometimes so that your thinking doesn't become insular so that you leverage scale and more knowledge uh, and more capital and more support to leverage a partner in some capacity. And in your case, that was Raymond James. So let me address that piece for a second. You know, going from 
being the lead advisor on a $300 million team, generating $2.5 million or so in production, to managing a billion to 4x growth and $10 million in revenue, and in nine offices and in three states and 15 advisors, is a very different animal. So how did you prepare yourself for that? What are some of the growing pains you experienced? How did you manage that growth? Well, I don't know that you ever are fully prepared. You know, I, I think that really there are phases that we go through in, in this business. It's you're gaining an entirely new knowledge set for a lot of us when we become an advisor. And so that's a, you know, you just have a lot of a learning curve there. And then to become, and, and one of the reasons that Signature exists is to make things easier for folks who are making that transition maybe to becoming a business owner, because there's a lot that you don't know. And so we've tried to make that easier on folks who want to get out of kind of that wirehouse or BD space and become a business owner, but not do it by themselves. And so there was a, a big learning curve. So for us, when you expand that and you start adding multiple offices, two things I think are extremely important. One is is systems, you know, the development of systems and making sure that you have a way of doing things and you're as clear as possible so that, that translates to other places and to other people. And we had some experience with that from training younger advisors originally in our practice. And then the other thing that's crucial is having the right people. You know, we've been fortunate in being able to, you know, having a partner early on who had some regional management experience. And then even as recently now that we've gotten to where we are now, we recently brought on a chief operating officer who used to be on the executive team at Hilliard when we were there. We brought him on in January, as well as a general counsel who was I think the chief legal officer during our time at Hilliard. So it's impossible or maybe not impossible, but it's incredibly difficult to build these things on your own. You have to make a commitment not only to building the systems that make the business work. And, and a lot of advisors have that. We're by no means, you know, the only folks who've, who've done that part, but then also being willing to be humble and, and find the right people to help you take that next step. Which is not always so easy to do because it is a crowded and competitive marketplace. Every quality firm is looking for the same group of talented advisors and every quality firm is looking to grow inorganically. And, you know, look, the, it's one thing to have the success in acquiring and recruiting it's another thing to make sure that once you bring these folks on, that their experience is spectacular. And so do you feel like you've been able to deliver a flawless, spectacular experience to all of these businesses you've acquired? So far, so good. I mean, our feedback's been really good for the folks who have come, and they've been incredibly successful in transitioning their practices from other places. We've, I think, done a good job of kind of uh, institutionalizing the process of that transition in conjunction with with Raymond James and what they do. We, we do a lot of additional work in that regard. And then honestly, 
a big thing for us is that culture of feeling a part of and providing good service. And to me, it matters that I still have a book of business. You know, I still have clients and deal with clients every day. I'm not a person who intended to be in management. You know, I, I think it's important when I talk to the advisors kind of in our community that they know that I deal with the same questions and frustrations sometimes that they do. And then a lot of the things that we ultimately use and, and kind of roll out, I'll say system-wide, are things that we use in our original practice. We develop them for that, and we have the ability to share those with other people and come up with whether it's best practices. And none of us feels like we're as good as all of us. And I think that's just kind of that better together philosophy is one that has, has served us incredibly well. Yeah. Your approach or philosophy is unique in that most advisors, many advisors, I should say, come to independence with the idea or the goal, first and foremost, of growing or bettering their own book of business. And most of them come to the idea of, wouldn't it be nice to grow inorganically, to acquire other practices, to build a community or an empire much later on? often years after being in business. And you're sort of the opposite in that you're saying building the community was your first goal and focusing now on organic growth within it is the next goal. And I think that's really interesting. But I want to ask you a question. You've grown enormously. I don't think anybody would argue with that. And wondering, income aside, what would you say are the top four benefits of that growth, of that spectacular growth? The first benefit, Mindy, would be the experience that our clients have. You know, we're able to do more things. We're actually working on what I would call kind of a premium product offering that because we have been able to share resources and build something that's a little bit bigger, we're able to bring things and experience kind of capabilities, if you will, to a small to mid-sized town that otherwise they might not have. We have an, an advisor in Lexington, Kentucky, whose focus is on women entrepreneurs. She has an all-female team. They are fantastic. And I have the ability for a client that I would want to uh, be able to work with or get extra help to call her on the phone to use, whether it's Zoom or that we from time to time use that you know, other forms of technology, or even they'll come here. So to be able to extend our capabilities to our clients, because ultimately they're the ones who pay the bills. And so that's been a big benefit to grow and is to be able to give them more capabilities and to improve their experience. Also for our advisors. So our advisors have access to a, we have a full-time uh, director of marketing who specializes in kind of the digital space. And so they have access to someone who, again, had we not grown, I wouldn't have access to. And the individual practices kind of within our community wouldn't have had access to either. So we have the ability to have those kinds of things for both the client and then the advisor. The third thing would be the community. I think that that's a yeah, you know, a big thing. I think that people are meant to be in community. And while we all want to position ourselves in our 
community in our individual you know living communities we also want to feel like we are a part of something and part of something uh, bigger than ourselves and i think that a key component of the people who are a part of of signature wealth now uh, is that it's not all about them and it, it's about building something together and building it with folks you know that they they like i'm not sure if that's for but those are all things that i think have been incredibly helpful going back to where we were originally from then till now and how about how financially lucrative all of this growth has been for you mindy i'd like to tell you that it's made me a rich man but the truth is that anytime you're building anything, you know, when you go through the first phases of becoming independent, there's a period of time where you have to be willing to invest in the business. And that is definitely, you know, for me, has continued forward into building out kind of the community and the enterprise. Thus far, we've plowed all of the money back into uh, continuing to add capabilities. And so that's really been more of our focus. I, I like to consider myself a relatively young guy. And so it's more important to me to build something that's great. And that's I, I've heard advisors say that they feel like where they are now is more important to them to be big than it is to be good. You know, for us, it's more important to be great than it is to be big. And so yeah, our focus here for the first few years has been on finding the right people, you know, some of whom are not producers and really reinvesting everything back into the business so that we can provide better for our advisors and, and their clients. Certainly expect, hopefully, uh, the plan is certainly for it to be financially lucrative, but, you know, it's a process. And I, I think that from our standpoint, it was a commitment that we had to make that, you know, we continue to take our compensation from our original practice and reinvest everything else back into growing signature wealth. Yeah, well, I think that that's really commendable because the truth is, generally speaking, going independent, forget about even the payoff for inorganic growth, but going independent in general is a long-term play, right? It's much less about what can you do in the short term and much more thinking about big picture. So speaking of big picture, what are your goals for growth in the long term? What does the next chapter look like? So I'll say, you ask long-term, I'll say short-term. It is to focus on our existing practices and partners on building out and driving organic growth strategies. And then really our focus from a community building perspective, if you will, is to build out a network or a community of advisors who want to be able to participate in and use shared services, those who are wanting to grow and grow faster and who believe that you know, as a growth-minded advisor, it's easier to grow together than it is individually because you can take advantage of a synergy, best practices, as well as kind of economies of scale. Yeah. And so I'm going to ask you as a final question, um, a question I ask everyone who's been on here. With the benefit of hindsight, what advice would you give prospective breakaways, that is advisors who are still working for traditional brokerage firms as employees who might have interest in becoming business owners? I think, Mandy, that if you're an entrepreneur, deep down you know it. For me, it was easy to fight it and to say that things are good enough but for those of us who have that gene or curse, I'm not sure which one it is, 
you can't fight it forever. And so if you are one of those people, what I would say is that there's freedom on the other side. It's scary, but just do it. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. Folks like Signature Wealth and, and there are others like us that are that are here to help. And, you know, the industry's just changed. You don't have to do it by yourself anymore. We actually, for folks like that, Mindy, if you don't mind my sharing, we actually developed a tool that we have on our website that folks can use as a scorecard to determine kind of where they stand in understanding their practice. It's located at our website, joinsignaturewealth.com slash scorecard, and they can just go and download it. And, you know, it's some of the kind of areas that we felt like as we, because we just made this transition. And again, I think that's different. We're not folks who are talking about it. We didn't read about it in a book. We did it. Three years ago, we left and we moved our practice. And, and so we've been through that process. And so the scorecard was part of what we developed in an effort to help other folks determine whether or not it was a good idea for them to make the change if they were ready or areas where there may be, say, some gaps. But as we're recording this, Tiger Woods just won the Masters. And if you're an entrepreneur considering independence, I think you take a, a page out of there and just do it. I, I think that you go through a process similar, Mindy, to the one that you guys use and you find a, a good partner and, you know, there's really no time like the present. Yeah. Thank you so much, Chip. This was enlightening and delightful and wonderful. And I just couldn't be happier about your success and can't wait to fast forward a number of years and uh, have you on again to talk about how you've gone from a billion two to two and three and five billion. So kudos to you. Thanks, Mindy. Chip, as he shared, hid from the reality of his professional life for a long time. He was being managed to the lowest common denominator, bound to a particular geographic area, not allowed to grow inorganically, and couldn't market, brand, or build what he called a scalable identity. But he's right. You can only fight those feelings for so long. It's a common refrain amongst breakaways, solved when they find their path to independence. In our next episode, Lewis Diamond will be on hand to discuss succession, what you need to know now, whether retirement is on the horizon or much further down the road. It's an important topic for advisors and business owners at all levels and stages of their careers, so I hope you'll join us. Until then, I encourage you to visit our website, diamond-consultants.com, and click on the tools and resources link for valuable content. And if you're not already a recipient of our weekly email, Perspectives for Advisors, click on the blog link to browse recent articles. Feel free to email or call me if you have specific questions. I can be reached at 908-879-1002 or by email at mdiamond at diamond-consultants.com. Please note that all requests are handled with complete discretion and confidentiality. I thank you for listening. I also want to thank wealthmanagement.com for sharing this podcast with their viewers and subscribers. This is Mindy Diamond on Independence. Independence.